Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Jeff, a.k.a. didn't think of an a.k.a. because the whole point is to make Josh laugh, and so why would I even do this when I'm sitting here by myself? Josh, a.k.a. IOMCAP, you're going to be hearing from him in a second. You're also going to be hearing from Joel Nikoloff from the Sixth Sense Report, um, uh, a.k.a he at the center of the universe um uh in in ontario um and uh and so we had we had so much fun in our first episode um with uh with joel that uh we split it into two uh so we're going to pick up uh we've we've been through a few verses already we're going to we're going to pick up uh where we left off uh and what joel had for us and uh and and give you guys um give you guys the rest of uh what he had to say um if you're not if you're not subscribed uh to us in your podcatcher of choice and on youtube uh please do that and and then uh make sure to subscribe uh to the sixth sense report uh where joel and darnell uh give give great content as well so we're uh we rejoin your broadcast already in progress and uh any descriptions or accounts of this broadcast cannot be redistributed or retransmitted without the express written permission of the anarchist bible study except that's not at all true because copyright is theft uh so anyway here here we go um we'll uh uh we'll get back in uh glad to have you guys uh, here on the Anarchist Bible Study, and we'll uh, continue back uh, with the uh, study that we had started with Joel. Okay, so I think, as you've mentioned a couple times, you your big thing is economics, and yes. uh, the next what we have is a, a series of, and I think based on your notes, I think we can work through them pretty quickly. Oh yeah, a series of passages on economics and i think we're largely just going to let you kind of take us through them uh okay. and, and uh we'll, we'll kind of just throw in some details here and there um if, if i if if i can hold my tongue that is we'll see uh it's never <laughs> happened before but this would be this would be a night of miracles um uh so first of all we have luke 14 um and uh you want to look specifically at Verse uh, twenty-eight. Yeah, you know, and and I'll say this one is a little bit more um, as a bit of a question, as a you know, sort of something that I pondered, right? So, uh, I mean, last uh, I think it was last podcast or two podcasts ago, you you sort of broke down um, how this is very spiritual and and uh, you know, eternal in, in nature. Um, but oh wait, sorry, I'm, I might be thinking of the nope, wrong. It's one. a different one. Um, yep. Same. Yeah. No. No. You're right. I'm. I. I. Uh, so. Yes, twenty-eight is count the cost. Um, yeah, and and actually, I got oh, yeah. this one. Um, you know, from my 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 boss in in my current role, sort of says he's like I quote this verse to people all the time. So he's like, you know, sort of always talking to people about finances and and you know the budgets and and things like that. And so from a business sense, he you know he sort of not he uses the idea instead of this passage, but like count the cost before going to war. What yeah. you know what warrior mm -hmm. what what king doesn't count the cost before going to war? Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I think we've already really touched on it in a really good way, which was like, 
you know, economics is about economizing your resources, making decisions. Yeah. Like if I make one decision, I can't make another. And so yeah. the, the part that's I, not really here is like, if I build this tower, what can't I do? Yeah. 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 I always think of this passage when I'm hearing uh, the Mises master builder analogy, like my, my brain always dumps to this passage. Um, uh, and, and uh, I don't know, I, I, I doubt that Mises had it in mind, but, uh, but, but, I, uh, but I, but I'm always thinking, Oh yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is Jesus. Like this is, yeah. um, this is like, uh, you've got to calculate the cost, make sure that you have enough materials to complete yeah. the project. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is, of course, this is about discipleship. He's talking about discipleship. Right. And yet he makes this economic concept almost as a matter of course. It's kind of like how yeah. you learn a little bit about parenting from when he talks about prayer where he says, which one of you, if his son asked him for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? Like he's saying, he's making a point about how even fallen fathers give their kids good things. And he's saying, how much more does the father? And I think there's a, there's a lesser to the greater here, but it assumes right. the lesser. Like it assumes the lesser. Which right. one of you, if you wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation, is not able to finish all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. So there's, a, there's a, yeah, there's you. It's kind of as a matter of course, like, and yet we live in a world that inverts. He set out that, the, right. He set out to build a 900 pound gazebo and only got 800 pounds of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in essence, I'm not going to explain that reference. No. <laughs> um, in essence, I mean, your your what, what Josh reference was was the Austrian business cycle. Yeah. Right. Like that. That is really the crux of you know what we would argue from the uh, you know Austrian economist sort of perspective is you know the monetary yeah. policy is making it so that those that don't properly account for the cost or I mean it's not really the proper term because the argue the issue is that they're accounting for the cost the problem is that you change the cost along the way right yeah um and and so you know it's it's it is, I think, something that plagues our society, but it's the result of the monopoly yeah. intervening. Well, right. So the so the build the builder should be sitting down and calculating the cost, but 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 the monetary system is making the cost incalculable, really. Right. Right. It's making it impossible it, to do that. <laughs> it makes it so that the only way to work within it is by being a speculator. Like everyone should be a speculator instead of a planner. You know, you've got to right. you essentially take out a loan and you hope that the loan's going to cover the cost because that's the way you do business right. because because it's stupid to do any other way because the more you hold on to money, your money becomes worthless because they keep <laughs> printing more and more money. And so right. it makes more sense yeah. to take out a loan to pay for pay for it all up front with a loan and then pay back with the increase with the. And then pay back the loan because it's only an advantage that money becomes more and more worthless if you're paying off a loan. <laughs> Which means the price of the asset you bought, hopefully you bought an asset, to, you know, escalated or in, had a price inflation. Yeah. And so you just basically, it's your point, right? Because of that practice, debt, you, you just take on more debt. Everything is via debt. Yeah. Um, now, 
that you know not everybody follows that approach and and those that you know really want to scale out of um the you know let's say middle class and, and up they're really you know they look at something more along the lines of cash flow yeah um and and managing cash Robert flow King but it's still the same yeah. problem right yeah. exactly yep rich that poor dad right so yeah. you know generating cash flow is slightly different but it's taking the current system because you you can't just sit you know hide your gold under your mattress as a means to preserve yeah. your wealth now I mean, you could do it with gold, but I'm using the, you know, you can't hide your, your paper dollars that become, right. you know, firewood eventually. Yeah. And, and, and uh, go ahead. No, I mean, like, it's, uh, I was just, I was going to make a, a, a funny, a fun little anecdote that um, Robert Kiyosaki's book, uh, Conspiracy of the Rich, was my introduction to Austrian business cycle, except he never oh, uses the word, but he talks yeah. about it as, he, he, but he basically, his whole approach, sorry, uh, is is uh how to use this broken system but but to right but i think even he would acknowledge that it's a much more volatile system even as you're taking advantage of it because you're you're kind of rolling the dice that you're going to be able to pay back the loan or that what your your asset is going to be um superior that your asset is going to bring in more cash flow than goes out through the liability and uh It'd be much better if we could just count the cost before we build or count the cost before we buy and, and be able to save the money up and and do it that way. Um, like we see here. <laughs> well, and, and, and I can't. You know, I, I was going to say the, the issue, you know, from the, the business cycle issue is, you know, I think Tom Woods puts it this way. It might be Robert Murphy or Bob Murphy. Um, it's that you, it's not that entrepreneurs make bad decisions and and you know do more profit low profiting options it's that you make bad managers entrepreneurs by lowering right. the cost of borrowing yeah yeah yep absolutely right. absolutely um so we got a lot of distance out of this one this is good this is good uh the next passage you got us to look at is first Thessal second thessalonians three first 10 right yeah yes. no no and, and and the next one sort of relates to it but we'll jump there after um but and, and i think the other one might maybe i'm pulling a little bit out of it slightly different but we'll get there so this one really i think um it's a principle that really from a christian perspective we should be opposed to ubi yeah um not not because we don't want to provide you know, as a, as a Christian, right. I already referenced James, um, or yeah. Um, you know, taking care of true religion, right? Like we, it's not that we don't think right. it's important, but it's the person who by doing UBI, you can't control for the person who is unwilling to work and, and just allowing them to freeload. And, and so, yeah. um, you know, unwilling to work, he is not to eat. Yeah. You know, what's what's so funny <laughs> is the first time I heard this verse, it was someone just quoting it out of nowhere. And I heard it. And I was like, man, that's a really jerky thing to say. And I was like, and then later I find out he's quoting the Bible and I went, Ooh, I <laughs> oops. I shouldn't have said that <laughs> because it's, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's right there. Like, I mean, and to be fair, like there is a little bit, he's talking a little bit about, um, 
the way we help one another. And and there's this sense in which that, that charity is involved in this chapter. Like they're helping one another out. And yet he's kind of saying, and yet there's a no freeloader principle. And this is really a large difference between uh, cold bureaucratic welfare and... Mm-hmm. Um, and charity and, 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 and uh, hands-on church based charity is, is like, um, you know, like I, I've brought up in, in, uh, in flyover libertarian episodes, like what's the difference between getting welfare and what's, and, and, uh, your dad helping you out. Well, your dad's going to cut you off if you don't stop smoking pot and sitting on your couch all day. Like if you're, if you're not doing anything, like my parents helped us, uh, my parents and Beth and, and sorry, and my wife's parents, Oh, I'm going to dox her on, on the, on the video on our anniversary, no less. Um, but my wife's parents and my parents, uh, helped have helped us out immensely. Like they've done a lot of help. Her parents have done a lot of work around our house, helping us to, to improve, make improvements because they're very excellent with construct, excellent with construction skills. My parents, um, have always been pretty, have been pretty well off financially and so they've helped us a lot financially but they're not like enabling us to sit around if my parents found out right. that i quit my job and was just sitting on my couch watching tv all day they would be like well knock that crap off get get to right. work we're only helping you because we see you making effort whereas welfare i don't they don't care like the well, cold bureaucratic um, welfare they can't i mean it's you know? i always say like Government programs are designed to be as broad as possible. And, you know, the, the, the dilemma is on two sides. One is, you know, it's easily exploited. And so they're always fighting to, to, you know, plug the holes. But on the other side, it's when you have a unique scenario that varies so greatly from the norm, you don't qualify. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's not just the freeloader problem. It's those that should yeah. qualify if you were looking at it from a compassion perspective, yeah. but don't because of, you know, the technical, you know, the way they design the program to work um, as broadly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, and this, uh, um, that um, Netflix biopic on, um, on uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, 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 peace be upon her. Uh, on the basis of, on the ba- <laughs> peace be upon her. On the on the uh, on the basis of sex, I think was the um, was a was the name of it. And um, um, and the whole like she made her whole career out of out of out of these out of these little edge cases in the law where the where the law would have these. Um, absurd discriminations on the basis of sex um, where, where as a, as a vast generality, this wouldn't be a problem, but because the government is doling out this constant stream of welfare and because they have to write laws that, that say, that say it, an, uh, a man who never married, who, um, needs an in-home caregiver for his mother can't actually apply for this tax exemption. And so then the IRS comes down on him like a ton of bricks um, because, uh, because there's this, he's this edge case in the law where they weren't, they weren't conceiving of an unmarried man 
um, needing an in-home computer and needing the the tax break so that he could go to work because so for so many people it would be it would be the woman um, that would need that tax exemption. Um, so this is this is one of the ways that she sets this precedent, and it's because the government is the the government is is just like automatically <laughs> um, doling out this vast fire hose of of the dole um uh and um and and can't uh by its very nature um can't uh be compassionate with the edge cases so then then you have to have this this upending of of uh of the law to address to address these these edge cases um because because you're stuck with one of those two choices you, you basically have to be uh yeah. when when the government takes over what should be private charity yeah absolutely and uh um just to step back just a second um he had talked about either quoting uh tom woods or robert murphy um patrick in the chat said you guys have had you guys had dr robert p murphy on before right you should get him oh <laughs> way to way to rub it in way to rub it in Patrick. rub it in yeah, yeah we get it you interviewed bob murphy and we didn't we get it <laughs> uh, and then he then he chirped well, how the the corporate welfare is so necessary yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so and then oh and then the, I, go ahead go on i was going on i i <laughs> Oh, okay. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. Uh, um, he also, in in verse eleven, he gives the definition of a politician. For we hear that some among you, and uh, and uh, you just moved the text on me, and I, it's already small enough. Okay. For we hear that some among you are <laughs> are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. So so there there you see that they had politicians in the church. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so chapter four of first Thessalonians. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah. he's it's essentially the same principle or, or similar principle. Um, he says it a little bit differently, but verse nine through, you know, as highlighted, um, but yeah, nine through 12. But, but I think sort of the key part for me is really 11 and 12. Um, but but you know you got to read the whole thing in order to yeah. to get it um but i mean i think the very last part is so so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be any in any need but in verse 11 he's talking about attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commended you and and i mm -hmm. i i look at it you know the way i summarize it is this speaks to provide for yourself right mm -hmm. like you're called to provide for yourself Right. Um, I mean, it's yeah. it's also the curse of man that will toil the earth, you know, yeah. for, you know, what we're going to have to work to provide. Um, but but here he's it, in my opinion. And that is where it's that's why I was sort of saying, is it it's it's not as clear as the other one. That's if you don't work, you don't eat. Um, yeah. And, and yet there is something like. Uh, there's there's a sense in which I think there's this well-meaning sort of um a well-meaning sort of communitarianism that's kind of leaked its way into um 
Christian life and Christian the, uh, philosophy and theology. And I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably get, there's a few more verses that you're looking at that we'll get into it, but there's, there's a sense in which like, um, we look down on this concept of minding your own business in the church. Like <clears> we're like, no, we, we are our brother's keeper. And that's true. Um, and yet there is a sense in which, um, there's a difference between, um, I guess Adam atomistic individualism and minding your own business. Like do have a mind to your own business. Like make your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands. Um, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. Like the goal is not to need the goal. And specifically right. we're talking about economics here. We're talking about um, the prop. Uh, yeah. The goal is not to be in need. The goal is not to be a charity case for your whole life. There's now the Bible will come back and say, you should also sh bear with one another's burdens. And so you should not be ashamed of your need because you're giving an opportunity to your brothers to, um, uh, to help you out. Um, but the goal is to eventually make your way out of that. Like there's, there's kind of a, um, like what's the goal? The goal is, um, and, and I don't know if you've got this verse on your, on your, uh, no, I don't think you have the, the verse on your list, but there's also, uh, and I'm trying to remember where, but I think, I think it's Paul where this idea of, um, uh, work hard so that you can help others in need. Like there's a, yeah. a sense of let him who steals steal no longer, but let him work yes. with his hands so that he can provide for others in need. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm trying to remember where that is. That's, I feel like it's, a. It feels like a a, a Colossian passage, but I, I don't know that that's I don't that's right. Think so, but, but I don't remember either. But yeah, it, it's it's that. Uh, but but that's that's sort of a a biblical perspective on charity is don't want to be don't want to be a charity case. Like it's it's not a right. an excuse. Like the fact that you have needs is not an excuse to live your life without the goal of no longer being in need. Your goal is to get to yourself to a place where you can help others and mm -hmm. not. Well, and, yeah. and I think, you know, there, there is an aspect where there may be those that, that are in, un, uncapable for whatever reason, but yeah. to your point, um, you may be able to bring joy to others, or you may actually be able to contribute to others in ways that, you know, you're still part, you're, you're contributing to the community. Right. Sure. You may be unable to financially provide for yourself, but you're not just, you know, a sloth who has everything done for them. Like you're, you're still engaging. You're still, you know, it's like, I don't know. You just hear about the people who, you know, require care, but they bring so much joy to those in their life. Yeah. Um, it's Ephesians four, by the way, I found the passage, the passages mm. of the thief steal no more. That's a, uh, uh, Ephesians 4, 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Um, but that but that does continue this theme of what we have before us and, and with the, the other verse of work hard so you can help others. And, and the one who is not working or is not attempting to care for themselves, that's, that's, that's a thief. I mean, essentially it's a thief, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and and, uh, and I mean you're exp- you're exploiting you know the generosity of of let's call it the the Christian culture. Absolutely. And uh, we lost Jeff. He's gone. Uh, he he's like, you know what? Uh, Peace. Forget this mess. I'm piecing out. Uh, <laughs> no mic drops though. Yeah. So the next passage. This is the one that we, you started to talk yeah, about this, before. I, I, yeah, I got. Uh, I think I was. I saw parable right on the page as you yeah. opened it, and I was like, oh wait, this isn't the parable one. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you spoke about this. I think it was two podcasts ago, or or maybe last week. Um, y- yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I mean, it was very insightful, sort of what you were talking about the you know the talents, sort of in a very you know sort of a slightly outside of the the strict textual uh, manner that that most of us would get. Um, so I did appreciate that. Um, yeah, my my question or or the the way that I would sort of wonder about this text is is there a you know is this referencing the concept of meritocracy? Is it? It, it not may not be prescribing it. It may be just using the fact that that's of nature or God is using the fact that that's what everybody experiences to convey the yeah. principles he's trying to convey. Um, but you clearly see the concept of meritocracy in this parable. Um, and so it just, it, yeah. it may not be as we sort of described before with the other texts, is it, it's not, it may not be prescriptive. It may be more yeah. descriptive. Um, and so yeah. we may not be able to pull that economic principle out, but um, it's something to to consider. So I'm curious what your I, guys' thoughts. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, I I think I would uh, I would probably zoom in on the fact that the one who um, the one who are given the ones who are given much get a greater return. And so I think there's a there's a sense in which it's 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 a also kind of a gracious thing that's a uh, you're given more and so there's a greater return based on that but i think um what you're seeing is probably as correct as well i'm looking for the phrase um for everyone and i think about it yeah i was thinking about the part at the end where he's like oh you took it and gave it to the guy who already got the most return right that like that to me is really where that meritocracy shows up like what you're talking about it's also like it seems that the passage implying the reason he gave him 10 is because he knew he could multiply it more than the guy he gave uh the smaller portion to yeah and of course we can get into the um cause effect loop of like well did he have more because he knew he would uh, was he given more because and or did he make more because he was given more or in you know, but anyway, it doesn't, it does I don't think it matters yeah. too much. Ultimately, I think, I think you're right that we do see this, this sense of, um, I mean, clearly he doesn't take from the 10 and give to the one. And I think that's, <laughs> that's important to, to, to point out that it's not, he doesn't equal it out. And also I think there's a sense in which this is, we could, um, we could talk about egalitarianism a little bit, that, that God does not give equal. Cause obviously this is a parable of God's, giving of gifts um right and 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 uh or or faith or or something of it's is that that god is giving and the one to whom much is given much is expected but also more is given and so there's there's a sense in which certain people do have certain abilities or a, a certain amount of abilities that is going to result in a greater outcome and and i think that is a very economic principle. Like there's, there's the truth is as much as we'd like everyone to make the same amount of money 
and to have the same amount of economic goods, it's just, it's never going to happen. You equal out everyone's, um, you t if you, if you equal out everyone's amount of wealth and let them start from an equal playing field, you come back in five years and you will have rich, rich people and poor people again, because you're going to have people who squander their wealth and you have people who use it wisely. And, um, well, and, and there's, there's always error, yeah. you know, tragedy or, or catastrophe, yeah, right? Like sure. we live in a fallen world, right? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not always your, you know, merits or your skills that result in, you know, let's say good or bad outcomes. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think there's, it's right. To, you see an excellent economic principle here that, that like, well, at, at the very least, we don't see what we would expect if God were a socialist, like <laughs> If if God were a socialist, we would expect a very different outcome to this parable, mm -hmm. and and I know that's kind of arguing a negative, but at the same time, it's kind of a glaring silence. <laughs> yep. Like, yep, like God is not acting the way the socialist God should act, and that's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. He's right. He's he's not providing from each according to his ability to each according to his need. That's certainly not what happens here. Right. Um, right. He's right. Um, he's not even necessarily. And I'm thinking especially of another parable where um, where he sends out laborers into the vineyard and the ones who only worked half a day yeah. get the same wage as those who worked a full day. So he's not even necessarily rewarding you for how hard you worked or for how it's, it's no, it's, it's, um, it's within the, the, the right of the, of the property owner to decide how to dispose yeah. with his property. And, and he's often going to do that in an anti egalitarian way yeah. because he cares about the flourishing of that property. Um, yeah. And of course we should always be careful about over, like, like, as we said last week, we, um, we talked about over last week. interpreting <laughs> the parables. Um, well, it was sure. two weeks for us, but last week for you. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and we should always be careful of that. And, um, and obviously the point of the parable of the vineyard is not to make an economic point. Neither is the parable of this to make an economic point. Um, but, but it is, these are sort of things that like, like that first passage we looked at, that is interesting that the things that are stated as a way of course, like obviously right. the owner of the vineyard has the right to give whatever he wants to whoever he wants. Obviously, um, it is better to make a return than it is to squander your money. Like there's, there's kind of an obvious point there used to make a spiritual point. And so it's kind of like, it's, it's not the point of it, but yeah, it's an interesting feature of, of both the parables. Right. And then, and then another thing. So with the parable of the talents here in Matthew or the, or the parable, um, the parable of the minas or minus in, uh, um, in Luke um, that we dealt with last week is um, they have the same, <laughs> <laughs> I went cast getting PTSD. Um, <laughs> um, um, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the point of both 
the point of both parables, and they're both they're both, uh, I think, based on the same kind of teaching or a, a story that Jesus told differently in, in two different places, or or perhaps the same story. Um, but uh, is uh, is that you will be judged by this is this is Jesus. And, and note that note that <laughs> the very first verse before this is be alert then for you know not the day or the hour. So it's eschatological. The very the very next word, verse after this is but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels yes. with him, then he will all his glorious throne. Separate, separates the sheep from the goats um and, and and so so this is same so the context is the same it's eschatological so the idea is then um that that Jesus is going to judge at the last day he's going to judge his servants based on what they were given not based on what someone else was given yes. not based on not based on yeah. how much um how how much did did you do for the world as a whole no you were given your you were given your talents you were given your minus you were given your balance sheet what did you do with what you were given and and yeah. so that has that has applicability all over the place um yeah. uh for for general orthopraxy for for economics for for as as a as a motivation to do the best with whatever whatever gifts um the lord has given you um to pursue him with in the economic sphere but then but then also i would say like we've talked about the separation of powers so then you apply this to that 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 if if you're given authority um if you're given authority over the church, you're going to be judged by what you did with your authority over the church. Not, not about, uh, you're not going to be judged on what your city did with yeah. the authority that was given to them. Um, if you're given authority over your family, you're going to be judged for what you did with your family, not uh, over what your neighbor did with his family. And right. so, um, so that, we that's what it means to respect the powers ordained by god yeah is is that is that uh is that god gave some powers to to this person and not to that person yeah. which means let me let me let's let's uh let's pick on iowancap which means it's not america's job yeah. to enforce morality on the rest of the world <laughs> yeah uh no, Although absolutely. in Canada we might not be. Oh uh, yeah, we're not we're point. not that much better. <laughs> yeah, but but no, um, I mean we're not so opposed if they tried to like, <laughs> change our morals. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, occupy occupy us, please. Uh, well, you know, we, we yeah. just we just saw I just saw in the news that El Salvador is allowing Bitcoin as an official currency, which means that they're going to be needing some democracy soon. Um, but but I yeah. Think, but I, I, what you're also describing, Jeff, is what we call in methodological individualism. Like that yes. word individualism gets be kicked around a lot in Christian circles because we rightly see that it's not good to be an atomistic individual apart from community. But really individualism is to say you will be judged 
based on uh you'll be judged based on your outcomes not someone else's that's what indi- that's what individualism right. methodological individualism is is to say you are you you are not someone else you are not a collective you will be judged and you'll be expected to act to connect it with our previous passages you're expected to have the responsibility up for yourself not to expect someone else to take care of you like there's there's Mm -hmm. a judge both responsibility and and a judgment for it and and i i mean i think maybe meritocracy is an overly you know economic or or business-based term um but i think it's it's still actually a fair statement because you know you're judged based on the merits of what you did with what you had yeah right and and so you know the fact that someone else had more or less than you doesn't change what how did you deal with the hand you were dealt yeah and and that's how god's gonna judge you yeah and and um i think you had brought this up i think in the pre-show and it's important point to make is that this is talking about we're talking about crowns and rewards in heaven we're not talking about salvation itself obviously salvation itself is not based on your merit it's based on the merit of christ uh but but yes yes. in 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 so far as we're talking about rewards based on what we've done with what the lord gave us the lord gave us that's grace that's not merit what we do with it And how we are rewarded, which I, I, I do think like there is we are all going to be judged according to our works. That's that's a scriptural um, that's a scriptural concept that we're all going to be judged according to our works. The what the believer is promised is that um, the works that we are going to be judged by will be the the sin we will find already covered. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I sometimes use this illustration that like. We'll, we'll hold up the document of our works and we'll find all of our sins redacted in red lines uh, covered by the blood of Christ. And then we'll find that the good works that we get, that we are rewarded for, even those are graciously spirit given. And yet right. we will all be judged in accordance with the works that we do. Yes, it is the fruit of the spirit, but it is still our works that we're going to be judged mm-hmm. on, not someone else's. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like, and and maybe maybe my reticence to use your word of meritocracy is 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 due to that. But I think uh, properly understood. Yes, I agree. Like meritocracy. Right. So I, I yep. think I was because because no, I'm too freaking reformed, and I want to be like, no, no, no merit, no <laughs> merit. But but no, right? Yeah, like in, in properly understood. No, it's, it's a good. Saying. It, it, it's good to make we probably should have started the, the discussion on that context but <laughs> right. it's good to make the you know clarification um yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so. so that's good um man we're really cranking through these man once we get going uh yeah. next we have philippians 2 nor, nor, normally we have we have basically like a, a miracle of hanukkah uh every time where remarkably Verses that should have only lasted us one night last us eight nights. It's it's, um, but 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 somehow we're having the opposite miracle this time. It's yeah, amazing. That, that oil, yeah, it's true. The oil never runs out for us. Uh, so you've got Philippians two, and this is an interesting passage because, of course, we always look at this. Yeah, and uh, that's really good. But this is one of those yeah, instances good. where we forget. That it comes in a context, and uh, yeah. 
and and yeah, you do. It's it's some really really good. So it's it starts off talking about um, if there's any encouragement of Christ, consolation of love, fellowship of the Spirit, affection, compassion. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the Spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Sorry about that. But with humility of mind, regard one another more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And this is the verse that you wanted to zoom in on. Yeah, I mean, I think this was probably one of the first verses I sort of like highlighted in my Bible app. Like, okay, economics. Mm -hmm. or, or just because, and the reason I say economics is because it's, it's you know, the, the social, it, to me, it sort of addresses the socialist argument because it's like do not merely look out for your own interest because mm. it's also talking about yes. like that the expectation from is that you look out for your own interest oh, and right. you know the free market uh yeah. economic perspective is that we result in the most flourishing because everybody does focus on their own self-interest and we yeah. bring that to the market and now we interact in a way that results in you know the adam smith the the invisible hand working things out right um and so to yeah. me that's where there's this a little bit of economics in there but there's also sort of the charity from from a christian perspective um uh -huh. that um what i would say is you know when, when it comes to our giving we're not supposed to give out of our abundance only okay. yeah right and 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 i think this verse sort of speaks to that in a bit where yeah you're supposed to look out for your own interest but you're you are also supposed to be concerned for your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. And, and but and like that's in, that's interesting that you're you're picking up on that. Um, do not merely right. It's not. It, it. I think there's a sense in which we sometimes. Um, sorry, I'm trying to look. At, yeah, you're looking to see if the word merely is in Greek. It's not, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> um, well, it is also no. slightly italicized here. Um, yeah, which which in the which the NASB does um, the NASB does when it's when it's providing a word that they yeah. believe is implied in Greek but is not actually present. Um, yeah, I'm trying. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying and, to and so so I think because it's such a merely, scholarly text. Um. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think merely is wrong. Um, yeah. like, I think, I think it's good to, I think it's good to include that word, um, for, to, to make it clear what, what the apostles saying here. Um, uh, but, uh, but to, I do also think that to put too much weight on it, <laughs> um, uh, to put too much weight on it, um, would be incorrect also because, uh, because it's not, it's not found in the in the original text but i don't yeah. think um i don't think it's incorrect to have the word merely yeah. in the text it, it, so so yeah um sorry i didn't pick up on my mic um well i'm yeah I'm, i was just trying to look at to see what it what it actually is not to your own each inter, uh look out but also yeah. To each but also is yeah, where I think also. merely gets confirmed. And, and, and the also, yeah. to be fair, is bracketed in the NA28. So it's, it's a, <laughs> With, but, but, yeah. but, but also to, it would be, um, yeah, to each other's uh, interests or to, to their needs or to whatever. Um, but 
either way um it's it's a it's a call to look out for one another but it's not a um yeah there, there's a sense in which um it's not a complete disregard for yourself because like if yeah. we took out the word only or merely like i went to nlt and it has only in there right mm -hmm. nlt is like do not look out only for your own interests but if you said don't look out for your own interest it wouldn't make any yeah. sense like yeah. especially especially if yeah. the word if the word also belongs in the text yeah 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 um <laughs> And, and of course, a bracket means there's uncertainty, but it's leaning toward inclusion. That's usually what that means. If they, if right. they bracket it, it's a leaning toward inclusion, but no certainty. That's usually what, what uh, the way they communicate that. But um, oh, but the, I mean, yeah. And the best, um, if I'm reading this correctly, the best manuscripts that omit it are uh, like Bezaikentabrigiensis and and oh. and and others of that of that vintage. The best, okay. the best manuscripts have it. Um, okay. Well, if I'm reading, if I'm yeah. reading the apparatus correctly, I mean, but but we don't have to hang too much on this one verse, um, because there's the whole concept of of um, love your neighbor as yourself. It, it, it it's it's like sometimes we make too much of a deal of it. Like you got to love yourself before you can love others. No, no, no. That's not what it's saying. It's saying you are already loving yourself. He's saying. You are right. already, if, exactly. if you define love as looking out for your best interest, you are already doing that. When you're hungry, you eat. When you're thirsty, yeah. you drink, insofar as you have the access to these goods. Um, or, or, or look at uh, Ephesians 5, where the, the husband is called to love his wife as himself and says, no one hates his own body, but nourishes and cherishes it. In the same way you are to love... Uh, is that right? I may be pulling multiple. Con I might be pulling something else, but but you are to love your wife as your own self. I'm pretty sure that's right. No, yeah, um, that's right. And and so like the idea of you are looking out for your own interests, but don't look out only for right. your own interests. Go further. Yeah. And uh, well, and and I think you could even take it from like what where why do we look at Jesus after this? It's because he's it's this example of looking out for not just your own interests but to others and yet here he is getting exalted right you know be because of his his humility because he humbled himself for, for this, this reason, reason also god exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name and and if the implication is uh we are getting christ is our example then by implication we will also be exalted by following his example. And so there is a looking after your own interest. There's this kind of a, um, I guess you could call it a glorified self-interest involved in looking out for the interest of others right. because there's reward um, for doing so. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, or go no further than, you know, C.S. Lewis's famous sermon where he says, you know, uh, our, it seems our desires are not too much, but too little, you know, like we, we are, right. um, God, God, if, if it wasn't good to pursue rewards, then he wouldn't have offered rewards, you know, like, and, and, mm. and mm. yeah, we have it here. It says it's not bad to look out for your own interests, but to, it's good to look out for the interests of others as well. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yep. good. That, that also is 
I'm looking at the evidence. Almost definitely original, by the way. All right. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, I, I, our local text if, critic. If, if 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 anyone okay. if anyone was if anyone was worried about that, yeah, the uh, um, uh, yeah, it's the the omissions the omissions do uh, um, do stand out. As I know, as Randy was the, worried uh, about it. Yeah, like that's for, right. For the first time in his life, he was actually watching the episode. Um. Uh. So. So yeah. Uh, you ready to move on, or do you have more to say yeah, on this one? No. Okay. No. I think. I think we we got that one. Now we're jumping back to Exodus. So I mean, this one, you know, uh, this one and the next one, I think, sort of really are important to, to take together. Um. So you know, the Exodus, uh, twenty three is is verse three, um, not partial to the poor man. And, and to me, I think, you know, with all the discourse that's been going on in terms of inequality lately, yep. um, I think that's where, again, in, in lieu of uh, James 2, um, where it's talking about showing partiality to the rich, which is the next one, uh-huh. um, you know, the sin of partiality with regards to, oh, you know, the new person in your church, putting him in the best seat because, you know, yeah. I think they're going to give you money kind of thing. Um you know, so showing favoritism to the rich, you know, I think most Christians sort of like, well, yeah, you know, default, almost like you don't even have to read this text to them and they sort of get it inherently. Um, but although this is that that exact text is what got Jonathan Edwards kicked out of Northampton, by the way, uh, I guess um. I'm talking about today's culture. <laughs> but, and yeah. yet at the same time, <laughs> I have had someone come up to me and say, OK, so one of my jobs and I don't think this guy was using it as a threat. He's a dear saint, and I love him. Uh, but he had just made the comment about how um, the older people... So part of my job at church as, as a pastor is pastor of youth and music. And he had made some comment about how there hadn't been a lot of hymns lately. And he... I don't think he was using this... I don't think he meant it as a threat because, again, he's a dear saint. I love him. But he had made a comment about how the... Well, you know, most of the... Most of of the the offerings that are coming from the older generation. And I was like, Ooh, I'm going to let that go because I don't think you meant what you were saying, but I cannot be making my decisions based on who's giving more money. And, but because you, you have that, it, it, even, even as this passage is in here and as everyone, mm-hmm. like if you ask someone, should you be partial to the rich? They would say, absolutely not. And yet they're still going to use their offering as a threat when things don't go well, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, that's and, essentially and, partiality. I mean, the rich, the, the rationality that we put in our own head at times ignores these principles. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, sometimes we just rationalize something um, poorly and, and like, cause I could, he could probably make the argument of like, you know, half the people in this church rather than what he said. Mm-hmm. And now the point is still valid. Right. So it, it sometimes like, the, you know, the what I'm trying to say is like, you're right at the same time that like, it's just bad rationale sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but, um, you know, I think the, the reason it's important is especially like the Exodus 23. Right. Because that's yeah. in the context of a court case. Yeah. Well, or, you know, resolving a dispute just because the guy's poor. Don't don't rule in his favor. Yeah, and but but I think what's really interesting, and I love that you picked this verse to bring out because this is one of those verses that like we never touch on. 
we touch on the don't show the sin of partiality to the rich a lot. Like that comes up a lot. And for good reason, because it's so easy to fall into that one. Because let's let's be fair. Like the politicians, they do it all the time. Yeah, it's a lot easier to fall into the sin of partiality toward the rich. And yet we, the Lord in his wisdom, includes this verse to say, now don't overcorrect in the other direction. Right. And, and, and it's such a facet, because that is such a, uh, that's a tendency we can have, especially like, the, the, the people who, you know, who, who run to socialism or um, even social justice uh, causes, uh, you know, really the whole critical race theory is whole pro whole thing is an invert is is a inversion of this verse of, of showing partiality to the poor. Like we can so easily fall into this thinking we're doing right. Like we right. can fall into the the sin of partiality to the rich because of all kinds of reasons. Most of them fear or selfishness. If we're gonna, right. if we're gonna be honest, I, I think yeah. But I I think a lot of times I've seen it be fear. Like a mm -hmm. pastor is afraid that he's gonna starve if this rich person leaves, and and you know that's a that's a real risk, right? Like you might tick off someone who's gonna take all of his donate all of his tithes with him. And then you got the question of how am I going to feed my family? And, and, and it could be out of fear that you can um, be partial toward the rich. Um, but it's a lot of times out of a misplaced compassion that we can become impartial right. toward the poor because sometimes and, and... like, okay, we had this one. We we've, I think every church has had this experience where they have that lady come in who has her, her story, her sob story, her poor children are going hungry and all this stuff. And, and she just needs a little bit to get by. And so could you just help me pay for my water bill? Just help me pay for my electrical bill. And at first out of mis out of, out of compassion, out of a real compassion, we just want to jump in and help right away. Um, and then, and, and maybe if there's some policy in place to prevent an immediate payment or just giving them money, we're always just like, Oh, policies are getting in the way of compassion. And then we'll, and then next thing we know it, she's coming in for the second time and the third time and the fourth mm -hmm. time. And it's clear. And then you start talking to other pastors in the area and you find this is what she does. She fleeces the church until they stop giving. She, you know, she, she, and she goes she, to another church. And then, and then once the church stops giving, she goes and finds another church. And, yeah. Well, well, don't worry. In Canada, if you continue to support someone, we have to give them a tax receipt to say that they're basically on welfare. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Right. <laughs> it's it, you're only allowed to make in uh, basically one time type payments. Otherwise, it starts to look like welfare, which like, oh, wow. you know, this is where like there's there's you've basically given an example where exactly sort of why that law or rule would sort of actually make sense because yeah. now this person's been fleecing everybody guess what you're gonna you should get taxed on that law well, not yeah. in our view but but you know from us yeah. whereas you know sometimes it becomes uh, a burden to the church to now say how do i care for this person in a way that avoids tax yeah. or or you know follows the rules as optimally as possible yeah yeah yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Because the church, the government has a monopoly on welfare. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And and well, uh, and yeah. Go on. And 
And this is so necessary for us to realize that you could go wrong either way because, uh, because you know, fish don't know they're swimming. Yeah. And you, you very quickly, I mean, you see how easy it is. I think most of us can see this, how easy it is to, to see the real problem with um, rapes not being reported on college campuses. So then let's beef up, let's beef up the ability for, for yeah. colleges to, to, um, to enforce the rules uh, against rape. And then it gets out of hand and they become like kangaroo courts yeah. where, where you've, you've turned the other way and it is, and, and it feeds in to this really dark history of uh accusing mostly black men of rape and mm. and then getting railroaded by the justice system <laughs> and 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 we're we're right back to the horrendous partiality that we thought we'd put behind us with Emmett Till yeah. um that that now we're now we're right back in we're 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 right back into not yeah. not not as severely but but the same kind of sin of partiality yeah, and, yeah. and it's so easy for us to zigzag between these to pinball between these without um without even realizing we're doing it because yeah. because if if um it's so it, it's it's so easy to to not again not be thinking economic not be thinking about yeah. trade-offs not be thinking yeah. and um and so that's why i think um, I think it's Proverbs 13 um, says that um, uh, the righteous man is generous even to his animals, but the mercies of the wicked are cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it, it, that that if you if you aren't trying to to center your mercies on what the Bible says is mercy then yeah. then your mercy your even your mercies it's so easy for them to become cruelty and then and i mean i'll, I'll just mention because because we already uh, mentioned the 3d printing ivory uh part i mean isn't that a beautiful example of how the 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 righteous are are good even to their animals is like mm-hmm. and 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 by the way how easy is it to show that the the mercies of the wicked are cruel in yeah. in in places where um, in places where they just made it straight up illegal to poach elephants and rhinoceri. Um, w- what has happened? Has it been good for the elephants and the rhinoceri? No, actually, it's the it's the shoot, shovel, and shut up, and and it's and it's the the syrup to, uh, and it's the um, it's the cartels and gangs and yeah. and organized crime that that then get into the get into the poaching um, and uh, and it becomes it becomes a very valuable way to fund terrorism and like yeah. all oh, these yeah. horrendous things spool out of a seemingly <laughs> a seemingly yeah. merciful decision trying to be merciful to these animals um, and yet the, yeah. the the mercies of the wicked are cruel it's the it's it's only righteousness that enables you to be good even to animals <laughs> yeah and i think i think there's i've got two two points on this and then i'm done i think the this pinball effect of partiality that we see is particularly um, intensified 
by a couple things that statism um, inflicts on us, and that is the the um, the combination of something we've already talked about, which is the cold machinations of bureaucracy, where uh, mm-hmm. it, this it, it's funny because it, an imper- impersonal does not always mean impartial. Impersonal um, impersonal rules um, end up dehumanizing the process, and so partiality comes in a even when you're attempting to be impartial. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that can magnify this in statist uh, context is the competition of ideological um, ideological control. That's that's another thing that can can turn up. Like I think we've we've talked about that. We've talked about how, um, or I, I mentioned how, the partiality to the poor. You know, that's this this uh, idea of of ideological warfare between the critic, so, uh, social justice versus the anti-social justice perspectives. Is the social justice perspective is essentially trying to push a partiality to the poor, and then a lot of times the anti-social justice response is to try and downplay the justice to the poor aspects and right. it's kind of yeah, a, yeah. a swinging pendulum that tends to happen you know and well and and sometimes it's even just um as a part of the waging of the war the the actual poor just become the battleground and so they get stamped yeah. on right? right like because the note the arguably a lot of it is a power play right like that's the, yeah. the predicament like if you're trying to push back on a power play it you, you lose the perspective of what they're using um, yeah. as the tool. Um, and, and so it's, it is difficult to sort of weigh the, the, you know, actual injustices that need to be addressed, uh, when that injustice is being used as a tool yeah. for, for something else. Right. Who gets, who gets hurt in a proxy war? The people caught in the middle, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that's the poor become a proxy war between the two sides. Yeah. Well, and, and, and right. Because, the more you devote these things to politics, the more it's going to swing back and forth between two unjust and 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 especially especially in in an increasingly increasingly polarized. Um, uh, so um, we have the advantage of, in Canada of of. Uh, having a, a centrist party and then thirteen left wing parties, so that's that's nice. But uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but if you uh, um, uh, and as Michael Malice says have... it, they're just conservatives or progressives wearing seatbelts. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, he hates when people get that quote wrong, though. So I'm going to jump in and say, going the speed limit, not yes. wearing speed <laughs> wearing oh, seatbelts. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, uh, I just think it sounds um, funnier with seatbelts, but oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, um, but uh, uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, and so uh, yeah, and, and so uh, I mean, we're 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 very good at at uh, conserving the victories that um, that the Bolsheviks have won in the last five years. Um, but, uh, um, but anyway, uh, but when you have, when you have this kicking back and forth between, um, between these extremes of injustice. So, I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be terrible if, um, 
if uh, you had already had colleges deciding to tick back and forth between these extremes of injustice on college campuses, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it be even worse if someone were to come in, say, the president of the state of, of uh, uh, 300 million people um, and, and to say, um, well, now all colleges have to do it this one way. And then the next person comes in, says, well, no, now all colleges have to go the other way. And then four years later, someone else comes in and says, no, now we have to go back uh, to the other way. I mean, that would be that would be especially terrible. But uh, fortunately, like yeah, fortunately, uh, um, fortunately, I guess I, I guess we're uh, um, uh, that that's just that's just fear mongering. But uh, um <laughs> No, that would never, that would uh, never have have happened. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so uh, yeah, no, this is um, um, it's uh, it is just it is just so easy for us to yeah. um, to uh, and this, I mean, as. Um, isn't isn't this just um so so much encapsulated in the fights that we see going on in the southern baptist convention right now is is uh that you've got you have uh, all right this is this is jeff park's personal view and uh, does not necessarily represent the views of of anyone else, but uh, but to me it seems like you have both extremes of what justice looks like represented in the same denomination, and it's just like and 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 there's and and one extreme was pretty well represented in the in the presidency and in in uh, at least some of the some of the agency heads and so forth um and 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 now there's this attempt to go in, in another direction and and it's just like th th neither of these um neither neither of these are actually biblical justice like we have to we have to um we have to not just uh let ourselves get get caught up in a fad or in the reaction to the fad we we've got to we've got to somehow stay stay moored to um uh no seriously no pun intended that was entirely unintentional no molar puns <laughs> oh, oh, oh that one's that one's got me aching um but <laughs> <laughs> you guys are oh. so funny. <laughs> oh, so we've got two more verses. This one uh, is a well-known verse, and we're we're uh, trying desperately not to cover them. Well, and I was gonna say, I mean, this one, you know, we we basically already sort of covered it. Um, it, it again, okay, sort of in, in the sense that, like it. It touches on so much of what we already said. What yeah, yeah. what's 
you know, sort of um, valuable to me is I, I was on a, a podcast, a philosophy podcast a while back. And, you know, there's sort of a question, you know, that was around, um, you know, the libertarian sort of not being a lot of the libertarian movement, not being Christian or, or not being, yeah. mm. um, you know, with the same morals. And, and I, they were talking about Ayn Rand and, and sort of her like critique. And I, and I basically went to the idea of like, it's if you, from an economics perspective, you're sort of ignoring the concept of subjective value mm. when you discount a particular worldview because as a christian this aspect of the golden rule yeah sure it's you know maybe other people would follow it or not that's not the point i just picked this one as, to jump on this point because it's sort of encompassing for christians like as you said like everybody knows this almost right um treat people the way you want to be treated as an over you know shortened version of it but in in the the reason why I brought up subjective value theory is that, you know, the, and it goes back to that, that question about does an anarchist society lead to, you know, Christian flourishing, or I can't remember what the, the specific was when we looked at it before, but with, with subjective value theory, those that value the Christian worldview, it's going to influence what we choose or what things we put mm -hmm. more stock in, where we allocate our time, mm -hmm. where we allocate our money. Um, and, and that's where, to me, this is sort of how it relates to economics, um, because how we want to treat other people influences how we enter um, society. And, and, you know, I would just point out for, you know, for, let's say, the less uh, economic minded listener or, or you know, viewer. Um, economics, to me, I always say, like, it's so much more than what people think of, like, wealth or money or business. It's. You know, it's it. I always say the, the example I like to give is like how I choose to allocate my time, right? Recording this means time that I didn't spend with my wife. If I hadn't seen her all week or I had been ignoring her all week, it would have been a bad choice of use of my time, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to dedicate, you know, a night to, to recording, I got to make sure that I've allocated my other scarce resources mm -hmm. in a way that values the other aspects of my life. And I, the reason I like to use time is because it's a clear distinction from a lot of the, the financial um, concepts that people think of when they hear of economics. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Um, um, so, I mean, we can jump to the next one unless you guys have any. I, no, I think that was good. Good. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, this here with respect to, um, you know, the, the sharing among believers yeah. it's kind of like when we're talking economics of the bible we have to deal with this one <laughs> yeah no for sure I, right. and i think um to me i think when you go into the next chapter with the next chapter yeah you know with <laughs> with uh ananias and sapphira i think i got that right yeah. yes um you know the to me the so word that we used was voluntary and right and the issue here isn't that they didn't give all their wealth, right? Those that got punished. It was that they lied about it. Yeah. Right. Had they been transparent, I want to keep half. Like I've always heard pastors say this. If I, if they had said, Oh, we're going to give half because we need the other half. It wouldn't have been an issue. It was right. the lying that was the issue. 
And so, right. but I think people can invert things. Um, and, and, you know, it's not that they all had to sell everything. It's that they sell things to provide for those that were in need. Yeah. And, and also like the fact that, okay. Rhetorical exaggeration does exist in the Bible. Like clearly it's a rhetorical exaggeration to say they sold all they had. Cause if they literally sold all they had and gave it to the poor, then they all became poor. What they're saying <laughs> they had nothing is, left. Yeah. They, what they're saying is they did not consider it a, I guess you could say they considered it. No, they considered it an option to sell all they had. So like, even it says here, Barnabas, he, who owned a tract of land, uh, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet. Is that all of his land? No, it's a tract of land. Like it doesn't even say all of his land. And then the fact clearly it's not a socialistic compulsory, literally sell everything and keep it because what does Peter say after Ananias lies? He says, while it remained, this is verse four, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? He said, like, this is your land and it's yeah. your money. When you sell the land, you chose to give some to us. You could have given all you could have given some, you could have given most as you did. The fact that you lied is the issue, but you can, but why is it you've conceived conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. It's, it's that there it's, it's the lie. That's what's what mm -hmm. matters. Not whether or not he gave all he had. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Right. Yeah. And you could also you, argue Peter... here's here. Let me duck let me duck in one more point. The Jerusalem church that they're talking about, it eventually goes bankrupt <laughs> and has to start asking the other churches for giving. Yeah. Like it's it's possible just because we see it doesn't always mean that like just because they did it doesn't mean that's what we should do. Like it could be. Mm -hmm. And we, we commented on this last, was it last week or I, I, or two weeks ago where we talked about how um, you in, in some, Oh, it was two weeks ago um, because it was about um, how you have like, yeah, you have the great thing that is the martyrs, but you also have the, mm. um, the, 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 over excitement where you have those pictures that we read about where Christians would throw themselves on the flame. So excited to be martyred. And like, that's not good mm -hmm. either. Like mm -hmm. you can sometimes have where this good thing of giving to one another as when, when you have something you can, you can sell what you have in order to give money to the poor, but you can go too far to the point of like, okay, the, the passage in Timothy still exists where if you don't care for your own family, you're worse than an unbeliever. So if, if I'm giving all that, if I literally sell my house when my wife's out of town in order to give the money to someone who's poor. And then my wife comes back and she's like, so wait, you just sold our house. You just gave all of our money away. Like, mm -hmm. like what did you think was going to happen? Where are we going to live? Where are we going to stay? How, what are we going to eat? You know, like it, she, She'd be right to be upset with me because I am passing up my primary responsibility in order to fulfill a third or second or third tier <clears throat> responsibility. 
and mm-hmm. and that's not okay. That's not acceptable. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was thinking about too far in this. The the Pharisees with regards to prayer, right? Like God was saying, like the the praise they got for their good prayers was their reward. Yeah. Right. And and mm. and like I see that I sort of see that here, right? Like they wanted right. the praise for doing something while not fully doing it. Yes. Right. It was it and same thing with the Pharisees, right? Like they're they're praying not because they're actually praying, <laughs> they're praying for the audience, right? Yeah. And yeah. So absolutely. That's great. Yeah. And and uh I so so two things. Peter's Peter's assumption of private property rights is so deep that he doesn't even think he needs to he needs to actually defend it. Right? It's just yeah. it, it's it's sort of like what you guys were talking about last week with regards to inalienable rights, where he's like, it's not in the text. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like there's so many things in scripture where like yeah. private property rights, you know, inalienable rights, those concepts are just passed over at yeah. times because like here, because it's of course. Yeah. You know, it's almost a default view. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And 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 uh and, right. So that's my one point is it's like it's so deep that he doesn't he doesn't even perceive a need to defend it even though all this selling of private property and giving it to the apostles had been going on he still it's so deeply the the assumption of private property rights is so deeply rooted that he he feels no need to defend it to say to say hey you might have gotten the the idea that private property rights didn't don't exist anymore but don't get it twisted no he doesn't even feel the need to do that it's just it's just isn't this obviously the case? Like, <laughs> um, and, um, and, uh, and yeah, so obviously Peter could not have, could not have said these things if this weren't a deeply rooted principle in his own, in his own, in his own assumptions. And then, um, but then I also, I just, since we're here, I don't want to miss the opportunity to point out that in, in verse three, he says that you've lied to the Holy Spirit. And in verse four, he says, you've not lied to men, but to God. So just yes. in case you missed it, the Holy Spirit is God. <laughs> yes. Nice, nice. And that's, uh, it, uh, Patrick made that comment in the chat as well. So, yeah. Oh, good, nice. Good work on that. Yeah. Um, I, I was Me and go- Patrick are just like that. It's funny because I was going to say about like, um, um, there's uh, an interesting, you know, if you think about church discipline, with respect to somebody who wasn't helping provide for, you know, let's say the poor in a way that where they could, right. Or there was a need and they were just ignoring it. The answer is excommunication, not steal their property. Right. Right. Like right. You kick them out of the church. You don't take their stuff. Like, you know, and, and it's just, I, I think that, you know, goes to your point about private property is just assumed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, that's all of them. We covered so many passages that, uh, man, it's just, like, it's, we, it's only we been a four hour broadcast. <laughs> we didn't even know we could cover this much, uh, in, in a night. So, um, we're, here we go. We're looking at, uh, looking at a handsome man in a suit, like right there. Who? 
It's a couple of hand, couple, couple handsome men. So we've got. You know what's so- funny? Look at the top right. You can tell which picture I like to share with people a lot. <laughs> there it is, right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got. Uh, this is where you can follow Joel on Twitter. Make sure you go uh, jump over there. Look at look at that number. 364 followers. I'm going to highlight that. That is unacceptable. Right here. Yeah. You you've all heard how 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 brilliant this guy is. Y'all should be following him. So, uh we're we're, we're going to see if we can bump words. that. We're going to see if we can bump that by at least two people. So, uh <laughs> But but yeah, like <laughs> that that is, is where, that is what they call the anarchist Bible study bump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you got him uh, over here at T Joel N 39, go follow him on Twitter. And also you've got his show, the success report, which you talked about at the top of the, uh, at the top of the hour. How about you tell us a little bit more about that, that show? Um, yeah. Uh, basically like the, the concept behind our show is we sort of say, we try to address sort of, we sort of have three areas of a, like a niche, you know, Canadian, theological and economic is you know what we try to you know bring to those topics um we try to hit two of three uh but realistically a lot of times we hit all three uh, it's just you know obviously us being canadians sort of inherently sort of are part of our perspective and as i said you know both darnell and i are are you know economics and theological i'm a little more economic he's a little more theological um and and we really um as i said we try to present Here's why we think this or what we think about an issue, break down our thinking process um, as opposed to, you know, try to beat people over the head. Oh, here's what you need to do or here's what you need to think. Um, You know, you think about so much mainstream media is here's the narrative. Here's what to think about an issue as opposed to, you know, the the true concept of reporting, um, Mm -hmm. trying to be objective and bring all the facts and let the, you know, the audience decide for themselves. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've basically been, you know, we sort of do it in seasons. Uh, we're, we're about to start, I guess it's our fifth season. Um, oh, cool. But I, I, as I said, all of our episodes, we try to make them for the most part evergreen. I mean, you can go back to listen to episode one to five. And for the most part, I think, obviously, you could listen to all of them. Um, but if you start at the beginning, you'd listen to things and be like, okay, I, I still get value out of it. It's not like it's related to, you know, some hot topic at the time. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, yeah, that's uh. So follow him. Uh, here's him, T Joel thirty T Joel N thirty nine. Yeah, I'm basically uh, everywhere on all my social medias. T Joel N thirty nine. So Facebook slash cool. Instagram slash whatever. Um, yeah, and then his partner is- Darnell right there. You can and uh, but also especially follow the at six sense reports. Spell out S I X. C-E-N-T-S report. Follow them and follow their podcast. You've got, um, here's their, let's see. Um, you, you've got, they've got, uh, their, their pin tweet. You can check out their, their iTunes stitcher. And, uh, the main website they link to is this Podbean website. So just go check them out. They've got a, I see that's one number one thirteen. So that's a lot of episodes you can work through. If you've got a, um, a little bit of downtime, you want to start listening to some, to some uh back some backlogs uh i know that's what i'm gonna be doing over the next uh while is taking the listen to the show and uh um i'm really glad that you joined us let me let's let's, thank uh, you thank you for having me i appreciate it It was a great chat about uh over here chopping up the text i love it you know yeah 
And so we, we greatly appreciate you. And now I, now I see a little bit of why Jeff raves about your show. Uh, if, uh, if, uh, man, man, if, uh, if your show's half this good, it's going to be great. So, uh, thank you. Thanks again for coming and joining us. Um, Jeff, do you got anything else to say before we close out? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll just echo how, uh, as someone who, who came maybe relatively late, I don't know. I don't know. After, after you advertised on Tom Woods is when I started listening. Um, Tom Woods bump. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, uh, and so, uh, and, uh, and the, the evergreen, uh, the evergreenness of the episodes is definitely uh, is definitely true. I mean, you had a. Um, I haven't listened to it recently, but I bet if I did go back and listen to your episode on residential schools, in the context of of the news that we we just got during your off season here, I bet it I bet it holds up excellently. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's and that's so um, so true of a lot of uh, so especially especially for Canadian listeners, um, if. Uh, uh, if you want to hear uh, hear these applied, or um, I, I, a lot of it, a lot of it is obviously obviously applicable uh, in the American yeah. context as ha- well. Half but... our half our listeners are, are American, so <laughs> yeah, uh, that that makes sense. Is uh, it's not not sure um... how we got them, but half our <laughs> listeners are American. So. I mean, we've got um, like, I mean, I look at all the stats, right. And it's like some people in the UK, you've got, I'm like, I see these random countries. I'm like, that guy's using a VPN guaranteed. Like, <laughs> but you never know. like, you know, there's like Nicaragua or something, you know, there's random downloads. Uh-huh. You're like, sure. do we really have an audience there or <laughs> when, when your podcast started, was it possible to have six cents in change in Canada or was the penny already already dead by the time i mean was your podcast already a bit of an anachronism even when named I yeah i think i think i think you might be i mean i still got pennies in my house technically but. yeah that's yeah but uh um but yeah i think uh i think i think harper had already killed the penny by the time uh uh so uh um yeah so it's it was already a quaint reminder of previous times for canadians at least uh, um. yep yep no it's that's, that's funny I mean, I I was in Australia in 2008, and they had already gotten rid of pennies. Oh, really? So there you go. It's, I, it's, I came back here I, and was like, Why eventually it will be like, eventually it will be like the metric system, and only America and Burma will still have it. Um, <laughs> or cost more money to make than what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I will so. hold my pennies until kingdom come. <laughs> my pennies and my feet. <laughs> well uh well thanks again for joining us we this was Thank a great this was a great conversation we really appreciate yeah, hope, it hopefully uh insights. darnell will you know join you guys sometime in the future as i said yeah, he's a great. Part of the theologian uh so i mean you know, he'll probably listen to me and and you know we'll maybe i'll brainstorm an idea for for what would make sense for him to chat with you guys about so that'd be cool all right well we look forward to that and uh so I think, but I think we've, uh, we've hit, we've definitely hit, um, the limit of our wakenness. I think, um, even though we started <laughs> this at a, at a shockingly early hour for what we usually do, right. uh, <laughs> I, I've gone, I've gone through, I've gone through, uh, 
there you go. There's a there's a wow. better a angle to show how much. <laughs> yeah, about a. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> So thank you for you guys who have listened to us and followed along. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. And so please, uh, as we always say, like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell the people you don't really care too much about. Tell that random guy that you're walking down the street. Hey, have you heard of the anarchist Bible study? You'll enjoy it. Uh, and, uh, and be sure to join us again next week when we take anarchy to church on the anarchist Bible study, grace and peace. Grace and peace.